This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. The regulars are in the, the studio today. Other than Vinny, he is gone. Wonderful opportunity for him to be with other fellow ministers in a uh, hopefully relaxed environment being recharged. But for thankfully for us, we have Matt Mashevik in you're getting, actually getting worse at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's Matt Masevich. 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 From Sovereign Grace Fellowship, and Matt has graciously been willing to come in and have me slaughter his name on a daily basis. <laughs> and so we are so thankful for that. We've been talking about principles of communication. Yesterday we talked through just being good listeners and and what's involved with that waiting attending clarifying reflecting agreeing i've said i said off the air that i just i'm a little over 50 years old and this is the time in my life where i've noticed in society that um we just are terrible at communication people aren't listening people aren't hearing um what the other person is, is saying um we're not using our words well um in conversation with other people um, so I have a real heart for just hopefully giving you as a listener tools to help you be better, more godly communicators, that part of our role as Christians is to speak grace, um, to to have the gospel influence how we use our ears and our mouths. Um, James would say that we're supposed to be quick to listen and slow to speak, and then goes on in chapter three about just identifying how dangerous a tongue can be. So today we are dealing with the tongue of the wise brings healing is how Sandy does this. And so I'm just going to open it up. He has, I don't know, probably 10 to 15 different little nuggets. And so we're just going to deal with as many of those as we can today. So what are the ways in which the tongue of the wise brings healing? You mentioned uh, one of them just a moment ago about being gracious. And one of the first things here on our list is uh, our words are to breathe grace. You know, Paul said that we're to uh, speak with graces of seasoned with salt, uh, making most of the time and allowing or making sure that our speech is building up and not tearing down is an important aspect of it. You know, I, I think one of the ways that we could use our tongue in conflict resolution with other people is to start by using our tongue to pray to God before we go into mm-hmm. a conflict situation and say, Lord, I just, I need your spirit. Lord, please give me a heart for this person. Give me a heart to actually think the best of them, which is another thing on our list, make charitable, charitable judgments, to think the best of them in, in what they say back to me and to reflect you and your character as I'm speaking with them. I think that's a good way to go into it, to set the tone. 
when we make charitable judgments of somebody else, we're, we're not we're not saying be naive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what we're saying is think as graciously as you can about the other person and give them the benefit of the doubt going into the conversation. Don't go in assuming that they're guilty and needing to prove themselves to be innocent. Mm-hmm. Assume that they're innocent mm-hmm. and and establish that as your working foundation and and say, okay, I want to make sure that I go in truly with their reflecting well upon their character. For instance, just this week, uh, somebody was asking me how to get in contact with a particular person. He's moved away from the Boise area. And I reminded them that he's working two jobs, that he's working through his education requirements as well. And, you know, he's got a busy home life. So if he hasn't responded to you, they say, you know, I've sent him a message. He hasn't responded. Well, remember this. There's a, so in one sense, there's a charitable judgment that you're making about their life that, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, it isn't on your time schedule. And so we have to be careful about that. We also need to accept perhaps the reason that they gave as a reason. We, you know, there are some times when they may be withholding information from you that they don't think that you need. Mm-hmm. And and so then when they've given you an excuse, just accept it rather than dig deeper because what you might be doing is you might be uncovering a problem that you can't solve. Mm-hmm. Years ago, and you guys can help me out here because I think I'm going to get into a point where I actually don't know what I'm talking about, but I believe it was Randy Alcorn wrote a book entitled Truth and, Truth and Love, Principle or paradox or paragra- par- paradigm. Paradigm. Does this I'm not, ring I'm a bell? Not familiar. I know he's written a book on heaven, but I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> and in that, it was a little hardcover book. It probably was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, and it was interesting that after that came out, he was trying to talk about that there are, are truth people that are, there are love people. And I don't think it was the intent of his book, but there were some people that were reading the book saying, well, I'm a truth person. So all I have to concern myself is is speaking the truth. And other mm-hmm. people were saying, well, I'm a love person. So I, I just have to be concerned with love. And the principle of God's word is that when we communicate with somebody, we speak the truth in love. It's not mm-hmm. an either or. It's a both and, that we're speaking the truth and we're doing so in love. Right. Mm-hmm. Was this point that, well, if you're a love person, that you need to work on being a truth person It as well? was. That was yeah. his... I don't think what he wrote was actually wrong, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I did encounter a lot of people that read him wrongly, that applied him incorrectly, um, basically excusing whatever end of the spectrum. He was just saying that each of us have tendencies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I might be more of a truth person than a love person. Mm-hmm. And those those that view themselves as kind of a truth person, or as we talked a couple episodes ago, of the ones that I just tell it like it is. Yes, you know the same category, and then based upon their faulty reading and application of his book, then it excused their behavior that they didn't have to worry about how it came out as long as it was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always told people to err in the direction you're least inclined. Mm. And because what happens is if you are, if you are that truth person, you know, oh, why don't you err toward the love side? If you mm-hmm. are just a sympathetic listener, why don't you err a little bit in the other direction? Because you're not really going to err. You're gonna, you, your own restraint is going to keep you from going too far. Mm-hmm. And so err in the direction you're least inclined. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's always good to have, you know, people in your fellowship, people in your family, people that you're close to that can actually push you on some of these things, give mm-hmm. you pushback in some of these areas. That's one of the great things about the polity of many of our churches where we have, you know, a plurality of elders. You, know, right. you could have el- elders that can push back on you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, in, the, in that plurality of elders, you have somebody that says, where are we in the discipline process? You have somebody that's a sympathetic listener. You have yes. someone that says, what is our what does our church order say? And, you know, so you need all of those individuals because what happens is, you know, people will use your care, you know, whatever that character quality is. You know, maybe you're the sympathetic listener. They want you on your side, uh, on their side. So they will, they will use your personality to shape the conversation. Um, if it's somebody that wants somebody to be dealt with, they'll go to the person that's the hammer, and yes. they'll and they'll be asking them to be on their side. So it's it's good that we have a plurality of of elders that work together on stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because you guys care so deeply, he wrote the book 20 years ago, and it was called The Grace and Truth Paradox. Okay. Oh, because I knew everybody paradox. listening cared yeah. deeply. Yeah. They were trying to look it up. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Causing accidents Is everywhere. it out of print now? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that's good to use, especially among brothers, but also in, and sisters in Christ, is the Bible as we deal with conflict mm-hmm. and but we do need to use uh, Bible, the Bible carefully. I had a professor that would always say, um, a text out of context is a proof text for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we can misuse scripture, and it's one thing to misuse our words, mm-hmm. but to misuse the word of God, his tongue, uh, is a whole nother thing. And so we need to uh, use it appropriately and not pick out texts that maybe might prove our point, but yet when you look at the broader picture, it's not saying that at all. And uh, that's actually you know, what Satan tried to do with Christ and tempting him to follow Satan rather than, than God. Yeah. And also don't put it on Facebook. You know, one of the principles here is talk in person whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Don't air it out on social media or, and try to even avoid doing it on text if you can help it. I mean, sometimes writing something out can be beneficial, but at the same time, you cannot understand nuance or tone or see the heart or the expression of a person if you're doing it you know in in text so uh, whenever possible talk in person mm-hmm. especially if it's something private I yeah. mean, if you're if you're broadcasting something that's private then you're you become that's a sin you become the divisive person and i think when you are engaged in conversations this is maybe not necessarily one of ken sandy's principles but one that i've i've begun to feel more strongly about in recent years that when you're in, in a conversation, if you have something that you're concerned about and you want to talk to somebody, it's not very gracious to say, I, w- I need to talk to you about something, mm-hmm. and then just leave it like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you have this, you, then you're not talking alongside of somebody, you're talking from above, you're p- talking from a position of authority. Because mm-hmm. you know what the situation is about, you know the topic that you want to talk about, you've set somebody else up. I don't know how many conversations I've gone into blind over the last eight years where somebody in my church will say, hey, I'd like to sit down and talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And originally, I just never said, hey, can what are we talking about? Can it, you it, give me a summary what we're going yeah, right. to be talking about? Because it's it's not very kind to the other person to yeah. leave them in a place of limbo of, yeah. we need to address something. I know what it is, but you don't. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen that time and time yeah. again. I actually have someone in my congregation that will – 
say similar things to me and then we'll meet for coffee and it turns out he just wanted to have coffee <laughs> so you never know you're always like mm-hmm. what did i do mm-hmm. you know <laughs> right right it's a, you know engage the person rather than declare things you know so the idea is that you're trying by by saying this is the this is a, what i'd like to communicate about you and you may set that conversation up now you're engaging them rather than just coming in with a declaration you want to have a dialogue not a monologue exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and you know you want to also be encouraging them to give you some feedback in that matter as well so in that engagement you're you're asking like you said we want this to be a dialogue not a monologue i'm not just getting something off my chest that's and this is one of the problems with uh, you know as social media we get things off our chest you can you know if you have enough friends in your social media you know somebody you know when somebody's having conflict with somebody because they begin to push out all those verses about dealing with conflict and uh, and so the idea is not just simply to get off get it off your chest, but to get a conversation going with the other person. Mm -hmm. And some of that is just as you're communicating that you want to use wisdom. Is this the right time for this conversation? Am Mm -hmm. I, am I, my words coming off as attacking or am I actually using statements that bring it back to me instead of uh, putting things on them? Mm -hmm. You have been listening to the gospel for life. Um, The tongue is a wonderful gift that God has given, but also capable of, of significant damage so the, our prayer is that we would each use our tongues to be instruments of grace and not instruments of harm mm-hmm. we've well, been listening to the gospel for life we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>